0: Yes, I do. I felt so bad last Thursday. I think uh, Jay Jew was asking me for a, a little bit of a comment on a story and I gave him nothing. And I've been stewing about it all week long. Like I really did feel good because because the truth is I'm so grateful that you guys take the time to cover us. And so I got stories and scoops for you this week. So just buckle up right here live on this media press conference. We are going to, for the first time, announce our schedule for your eyes and ears only. And we have taken the time as a staff to detail every single one of our players with potentially fascinating story topics that you could write about. I'll rush through a few of them here in a minute. And then I'm going to email. If you guys email me, I will hit you back with our list. Just, just a cheat sheet. If you're ever just stuck trying to find something to write, you'd be able to go back to this sheet. This is a full service press conference. Ladies and gentlemen, So, should we hit the schedule or we got other questions? Hit us with the schedule, coach. Go schedule. We want the schedule. Ah, You guys realize you could tweet this out live and it'll be your scoop. All right. So, I'm going to run through this relatively quickly. So, Wednesday night, uh, the 25th, we play Westminster at home. Thursday night, the 26th, we play New Orleans at home. Oh, wait. Hold on. Come out. What am I doing? I don't. I, are we on the right side? What, what am I doing? So, listen, I'm not going to announce this. Coach Robinson has been slaving away at this for the last five months. The most epically challenging schedule ever. So, go. You read them.
1: And then on Saturday, November 28th, versus Utah Valley. Then on Tuesday, December 1st, at Mohegan Sun, USC. Then on Thursday, December 3rd, we'll play either UConn or Vanderbilt. Then Saturday, December 5th, we'll be on the road at Utah State in Logan. Then uh, Wednesday, December 9th, uh, versus Boise State at home. Then Saturday, December 12th, versus Utah at home. And then uh, Friday... Uh, after exams, we've got uh, December 18th at San Diego State. Uh, quick turnaround Monday, uh, December 21st versus Texas Southern, and then Wednesday, December 23rd at Vivint versus Weber State, and that's our non-conference schedule. Let's go!
0: Let's get up, Coach
1: Robinson.
0: <laughs> man, you guys got no juice, man. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> that was like that was like solid gold. Uh, schedule release right there so um, uh, I'll give you a couple comments on a schedule and then uh, let you guys go if you have any questions so this is just terrifying like it really is a terrifying schedule if you think about it we got to start the season we got three games in four days and then we go away from home, USC, UConn, Utah State, those three games in five days with traveling across the country. And then Boise State, who might be the best team we play. I'm going to be surprised if they're not a top 25 team by the end of the season. They're so freaking loaded. They're just loaded with talent. And then Utah, which is always such a monster of a game. So we got that stretch of, of the three and four, and then those five games straight, and then we take a break by going to San Diego State for the sixth game in a row. Uh, That's the type of schedule that gets you fired. So pray for me. Pray for us. We're so excited. It doesn't get any better than this, guys. Let's go
1: hoop.
2: Thanks for that, Coach. We'll take some questions. Uh, Go ahead and raise your hand if you have a question. We'll start with Jason Shepard.
1: So, Coach, now that you've you've got that set in stone, can you just take us through
2: how different and difficult putting this schedule has been with everything being considered that's going on right now compared to putting a normal schedule together?
0: Yeah, it's been so complicated for everybody. Uh, you know, the, the, the most complicated aspect of everybody's schedule right now has been the fact that you know, for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's good reason, somebody decided to keep the MTE qualifier to get to 27 games. And so because the MTEs were so complicated, I mean, um, you know, we're playing a couple teams that were involved in, Orla- in the Orlando MTEs, and, and their whole MTE blew up. And so the thing is, is to get to 27, you have to play an MTE. And so, and to get an MTE, which half of them were blown up when they moved the date to the 25th, everybody was like, that's got to be the first order of business. And the MTEs have been so dicey, like it looked like there was going to be one and then it went away. And so that's kind of, that was the first um, stopgap for everything where everyone was stuck. And um, once, once you could get your MTE done, then you're waiting for all the guys on your schedule to see if they could get their MTEs done. And so it's been a waiting game that way, but we're, we're really excited about the schedule. Like I said, it could be the death of us, but, but um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than playing great teams in a non-conference. So we're really excited.
2: All right. Let's take a question from Matt Viamonte.
0: At this point in practice, coach, how prepared do you think your team is ready to, to play Westminster? And, and maybe what would you like to see them improve on before that first game? Yeah, so you know we we're always uh, focused on the same things. I mean, we're really simple. We have to find a way to rebound the ball. It's been a huge emphasis for us. It's got to be a strength of our team, and so we're focused on doing that on the offensive and defense. And every single day in practice, we just have to get better and more consistent and more urgent, especially on the offensive glass. Our transition defense. You know, we, we didn't. We weren't. Interestingly, we weren't fully fully exposed with some transition defense deficiencies until about our. Uh, I don't know, our our 10th game of the season last year, we were 10 games in before we were like, man, we are, we got, Issues, and so we're always keyed on that, trying to make sure that we keep challenging ourselves to get better. and And then our ball screen defense is something that's uh, always been incri- really critical to our success. And then finally, on the defensive end, you know we made unbelievable strides. We went to the fourteenth uh, in the fourteenth percentile in effective <clears throat> defense against spot up shots and close out drives. Uh, two years ago to last year being in the 75th percentile. We made an astronomical jump defensively. And if you're going to track one stat that was important for us last year, it was kind of that catch two game stat of guard and spot up shots. And so we have to be as good or better at that this year. So um, th- those are the things we're most focused on right now. I, w- I hope our guys have some sense of what to do offensively, but we got at the end of the day, we got to guard and we got a rebound.
2: All right, Darnell Dixon, and then Jeff Call.
1: And Mark, you're less than two weeks away from that first game. Then, who is going to be available to play? Do you have everybody that you expect will be available for that game?
0: Yeah, but Darnell. Before that, have you? Have you? When was the last time you went to a press conference with a more profoundly exciting opening statement than what you just got? Never. Don't say yesterday. Never. Never. All right, there we go. Never. Um, so, so we have, we have just about everybody available. So Wyatt Lowell is really, really close. Um, uh, you know, Townsend triple, um, hurt his shoulder. So he's going to be out for a while. He will not be available to start. Uh, Wyatt is going to be touch and go. You know, he's going to, he's going to meet the four mark, four month minimum standard here, uh, just in a few days. Then it's a matter of trying to see if, you know, if he can get comfortable with contact. Um, but right now, uh, we have everybody else is expected to be available. We got a lot of practice between now and then. So we'll, we'll knock on wood and keep our fingers crossed.
1: Coach, what have you seen from Richard Harward at the time that he joined the program through the red shirt and, and to this point right now?
0: Yep. Uh, so, Rich, we were doing a drill yesterday. Um, and Rich was on a team and he was one of the two guys that were subbed out on the possession. It was just a shell defensive drill. And uh Blue, the team that he was on, the blue team had a chance to kind of win that little session with a stop. And Rich Harward is on the baseline, jumping up and down, screaming, and then they get the stop and he's cheering. And he runs out on the floor and gives, I think Matt Harms a giant hug. And and it's it's you know we've been doing two a days for three straight weeks and everyone's walking around in a fog and we're still two two weeks away from our first game and rich is just bringing that intensity and joy for the game in onto the floor and if you talk about the the greatest thing he does for our team he's the greatest teammate okay um and that is just such a huge deal now basketball wise he's such a physical presence He's unbelievable on the offensive glass. He takes up a ton of space defensively. He's got really, really good feet uh, in ball screen defense and and even uh, mismatch defense, swishing defense, uh, where he can kind of uh, kind of keep guys in front of him and then use his body. Uh, he's been great for us defensively. He's running the floor really hard. I've been super super pleased with him. He's been terrific. He, but all that stuff is important. But like the stuff that makes us go, our special sauce is is being a great locker room. And he is the leader of that deal, man. He just is so incredible. He's such a beautiful young man.
2: All right, Mitch Harper.
0: Yeah, Coach, uh, looking at the schedule
2: and some of the Ken Palm ratings with these non-conference teams, a lot of top 100 teams in, in this non-conference schedule. Do you, do you feel like it's a grouping of teams that can, if you guys can win them, of course, but do you feel like it can help you uh, position your program, maybe for an at-large bid if come, come March?
0: Yeah. So we were super sensitive about that. You know, we, we, there of course, you know, everybody is guessing in in a bigger way than we've ever had to guess before. Right. So not only are we guessing about what the NCAA committee is going to value, which we're always guessing a little bit, we're, but we're really guessing now. We're also guessing about what games we're going to miss and how many games we're going to miss. Right. And, and so, putting this schedule together, we were just like, we have to have so many high-quality opponents. I mean, it really is terrifying. Like, I look at the schedule, and I'm not going to sleep for the next couple weeks, right? But but you look at the schedule, and there's just no break. That six-game stretch, it's really a nine-game stretch because you got the first three games so compact. And in those nine games, very little practice time and they're all top 100 teams, at least six of them are top 100 teams, and and most of them are top 50, Uh, it's really terrifying. But we just wanted to make sure that our guys had a chance to prove who they were. And so I think our schedule is so tough that even if we do lose a couple games to COVID – for any myriad of reasons, we still have ample opportunity to kind of prove ourselves, and that's what we're banking on. So, we knew we wanted a really tough schedule. We, we, we're we, clearly we've got it, and um, and then we're going to go try and survive it.
2: We got another question from Darnell.
1: Yeah, tell us. Uh, I know you, you made a comment already today about Jake Whalen, but tell us about Jake Whalen. And then um, I, I don't know if, as a coach, can you prepare your team for the fact that they may be playing in front of no one. Yeah, that much of that schedule.
0: Yeah. Um, so Jake Whalen first, uh, you know, I, I say that. So um, I'll tell you about this, this young man. So I saw him play a bunch of times last year. And I just had in my mind that he was, you know, someday going to kind of grow into a power forward. And I was like, he's a good player. He's going to be a good player and he's going to be a problem. And then I watched a bunch of film on him from from the spring and the summer. We weren't allowed to go out. And he's playing up one and the two, and more importantly, he's guarding the one and the two at six, seven, six, eight, maybe six, nine by the time he's done, and uh, handling the ball against pressure and and feels uh, you know d- doesn't feel like you can take his ball. And he's a capable shooter. He's just got so much length and and laterally and straight ahead and backwards. His feet are so terrific. I think I think this kid has a chance to be a really really special player. Um, You know, he's going to serve his mission uh, as soon as he graduates. And he's just got a, you just don't see a lot of guys like him. When you start thinking about him as a one or a two, um, uh, as a three or a four, he's going to be a problem as a one or two. He has the potential of being a massive problem. Like, like the type of guy that you don't see walking around very much. So we're really, really excited about Jake. Uh, Second question was preparing guys for an empty gym. So, Um, You know, we had a scrimmage last Saturday. We're going to have actually a a full game day uh, experience this Saturday where we're going to come in and do shoot around at two and come back at seven. Um, We're really working hard with with everybody here uh, at BYU to make the Marriott Center actually the most entertaining and exciting empty gym uh, in the country. That's our goal. And so we had a meeting with 25 people socially distanced, uh, on the merit center floor, uh, uh, on Monday morning. And, and we're trying, so that's the challenge in front of us. And of course there's expense and everything else, but we're going to try and give our guys the best game day experience that we possibly can just in preparation for those gyms where we have to play that are empty. But Darnell, listen, make no mistake about it. Uh, we're so grateful. We are so incredibly, deeply grateful for the opportunity to play basketball. Um, we're not complaining about anything, no matter what we see. We're just grateful that we get to play.
2: All right, let's take a question from um, uh, Jake Hatch and then Mitch Harper.
0: Yeah, Coach, just seeing this come across, but the Ivy League has canceled all winter sports. Going back to what you were just saying, just the gratefulness of being able to play yeah. – with that being canceled, is there any fear that you guys may see this get short circuited at some point? Yeah. I mean, we always have fear. Listen, um, you know, I've said this a lot, so please don't uh, make this more than it is because I understand the incredible, um, you know, the, 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 the awful impact that this pandemic is having on the world right now. I understand that. Um, and I'm not trying to downplay any of that. That's, that is what it is. Right. But, but our experience in the spring, uh, there's none of us that are not scarred from, you know, being 48 hours away from Selection Sunday. And, and these guys haven't fought for years to kind of achieve the chance to go play. And then it's just getting ripped away in an unpredictable way. So we're it's very sobering. We understand uh, that, 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 you know, um, every day we get to be on this court is a gift. These guys are approaching it that way. We've scheduled that way. And um, so it's really sobering to think about. But with that said, um, you know, I I am so incredibly grateful for the leadership of Tom Homo and Brian Santiago and Liz um, in the sense of what, what a tragedy if BYU football hadn't had a chance to be what they are right now. And, and whereas, you know, for whatever reason, everybody else in the Western United States kind of backed away, Tom kind of forged forward and said, we're going to find a way to do this safely for our athletes. And they've been able to do that. And those athletes have had a chance now to be a top 10 ranked team for the first time in a long time. And and we got a young man who's having such an, inc- a bunch of them, but this Zach Wilson, who's having a, a season of a lifetime right now and has put himself in a position to change his life forever. And, and you just, there's also a cost to those guys not having a chance to do that. Right. And so I'm so grateful for the leadership we have here at BYU. I think it's, I think what Tom has done is, is um, has put him in a position uh, where, where um, there's an awful lot of universities, especially in the Western United States, that are like, man, uh, you know, those guys are really fortunate and blessed to have Tom Homo leading that program and doing it safely and doing it wisely and doing it bravely.
2: We'll take a question from Mitch Harper. And then a last question from Matt. Yeah, Coach, uh, Al- Alex Barcelo, where have you seen maybe the growth in his game? He made an impact significantly on the defensive end, but now uh, it seems like he's going to maybe have the chance to factor in more to the offensive game and at least draw play calls you are gonna, you guys are going to do this year maybe. What impact will he have this year in, in year two in your program?
0: Yeah, yeah, Alex has never let me forget that. I don't know when it was that I made the comment that I, I've never drawn up a play for him, but he like every day he's been at my office – Dropping off plays on my desk. Hey, coach, this is a good play you could run for me. Uh, he's gonna. He's he's already had an incredible impact on this team, just in terms of him. You know, if if you went uh, player by player um, through my roster and just candidly said, "Hey, who do you think is the leader of this team?" Every single one of them would say Alex Barcelo. They would also mention other guys because we have great leaders on this team, but everybody would say Alex Barcelo. And it's not because I ever named Alex the, ca- the captain or I ever, never told the team that he was the leader. There was never any formal announcement or declaration. He just has worked so hard to reach out to each of his guys individually, and he's he's been so eager to take on the weight and the pressure of being a leader of this team. And so it's been, a, it's been really fantastic to watch. It just has been beautiful to watch. And then his role has changed right now. He's got the ball in his hands a lot more. Uh, He's developed this really beautiful relationship with Brandon Averett. Today they had this incredible play where where we're in transition, flying down the floor, Uh, Alex pushing the ball, and B.A. racing ahead. We get a pass ahead to B.A. He's shot face has a chance to shoot an open kind of step back three instead turns it down back to Alex and Alex kind of turns down a challenge shot, takes one drill penetration and throws it back to Alex. Both these guys turned down a shot to get Brandon Averett a wide open three, which of course he banged. He's shooting 81% I think overall in shooting drills. And um, it's been awesome to watch those two work together. So Alex's leadership Obviously, him spending more time in the point guard position. He played there some last year. And then I actually have adopted some of those plays. Every time every time uh, Alex, you know, scores or gets a shot off or makes a playoff, one of the plays that he's drawn up for me, I know he's going to run over the scores to him and be like, yeah, that was me. Talking to all the ADs in America, if you want to hire a great coach, it would be Alex Barcelo. So he's doing unbelievable. He's such a beautiful, beautiful young man. I know a lot of BYU fans are excited for Matt Harms. What's what's how's he looked the last couple of weeks, and what kind of role and expectations do you have from this season? Yeah, I mean he's he's really he's a really talented player, but again, with all these guys, it starts with his demeanor. So, what's been really interesting about Matt Harms is his his leadership um, feel is never over the top. He's not a guy to. Um, to get too salty with the guys or overly demanding or, um, you know, his voice never sounds great, which is, which is hard to do as leaders. A lot of times you just have a time or two when your voice comes off a little grading. he just has this, this veteran intensity to everything he does where he's really, really steady, but he's really steady at a highly competitive level. And it's, it's actually, I mean, he's such an incredible pleasure to coach. And it also makes it really fun to coach him because there's not a lot on the floor he can't do. Um, the way he's guarding ball screens right now, whether it's switching or downs or drops, his feet are so good for a guy that's 7'3". And his, his feel is so good. Uh, the way he runs the floor is really, really exciting. He's just, uh, especially in the last few weeks, he's he's really taken it on himself to up his reps shooting the ball. And he's shooting the ball at a really high clip for us as a seven three guy. You can't challenge his shot. Right, so he's literally always open. Even if you're standing right there in his face, he's still essentially open, and he's shooting it really, really well. And he's such a force in the post, and he's he's playing with toughness. Um, you know, he's he's you know, if he can't make you look like a good coach, and you're a really bad coach, so he's just been awesome. We're so happy to have him. He's just a, he's just a beautiful young man.